Good morning. Today is Thursday, May 28th, 2020. This is the Daily Office Morning Prayer, read from a combination of the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer, the um, Enriching Our Worship Volumes 1, 2, and 3. We might even have something in there from the Celtic Daily Prayer uh, uh, book two, farther up and farther in. We'll see when we get to our prayer time. And we use an edition of the New Revised Standard Version Bible. It's the New Oxford Annotated Bible, fifth edition. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 105, verses 1 through 22, Zechariah 4, 1 through 14, Ephesians four seventeen through 32, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Christ has entered, not into a sanctuary made with hands, a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God. Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ has ascended into heaven. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia. Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over them. The death that they died, they died to sin once for all. But the life they live, they live to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Savior. Alleluia. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 
For since by a human came death, by a human has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam and Eve all die, so also in Christ shall all, shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ has ascended into heaven. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Give thanks to God. Call on their name. Make known their deeds among the peoples. Sing to God. Sing praises to them. Tell of all God's wonderful works. Glory in their holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek God rejoice. Seek God in their strength. Seek God's presence continually. Remember the wonderful works God has done, God's miracles, and the judgments God has uttered. O offspring of God's servant Abraham, children of Jacob, God's chosen ones, they are the ruler, our God. Their judgments are in all the earth. They are mindful of their covenant forever, of the word that they commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that they made with Abraham, their sworn promise to Isaac, which they confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and strangers in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one nation to another people, God allowed no one to oppress them. They rebuked rulers on their account, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. When God summoned famine against the land and broke every staff of bread, God had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had said came to pass. The word of God kept testing him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and has been forever, and will be forever. <laughs> Amen. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. The angel who talked with me came again, and wakened me, as one is wakened from sleep. He said to me, What do you see? And I said, I see a lampstand, all of gold, with a bowl on the top of it, there are seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And by it there are two olive trees, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. He said to me, This is the word of God to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the God of hosts. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you, became, you shall become a plain, 
and God shall bring out the top stone amid, amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of God came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the God of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice, and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of God, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to the angel, What are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? And a second time I said to him, What are these two branches of the olive trees which pour out the oil through the two golden pipes? The angel said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No. Then the angel said, These are the two anointed ones who stand by the God of the whole earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle J, a song of Judith. I will sing a new song to my God. For you are great and glorious, wonderful in strength, invincible. Let the whole creation serve you. For you spoke and all things came into being. You sent your breath and it formed them. No one is able to resist your voice. Mountains and seas are stirred to their depths. Rocks melt like wax at your presence. But to those who fear you, you continue to show mercy. No sacrifice, however fragrant, can please you. But whoever fears God shall stand in your sight forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. Now this I affirm and insist on in God. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance and hardness of heart. They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you learned Christ. For surely you have heard about Christ and were taught in Christ as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then, putting away all falsehood, let us speak the truth to our neighbors. For we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. 
and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle R, A Song of True Motherhood God chose to be our mother in all things, and so made the foundation of God's work most humbly and most pure in the virgin's womb. God, the perfect wisdom of all, arrayed himself in this humble place. Christ came in our poor flesh to share a mother's care. Our mothers bear us for pain and for death. Our true mother, Jesus, bears us for joy and endless life. Christ carried us within them in love and travail until the full time of their passion. And when all was completed and God had carried us so for joy, still all this could not satisfy the power of God's wonderful love. All that we owe is redeemed in truly loving God. For the love of Christ works in us. Christ is the one whom we love. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew 9, verses 1 through 8. And after getting into a boat, he crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then some people were carrying a paralyzed man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say stand up and walk? So that you may know <clears throat> that the child of humanity has authorized his authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. And he stood up and went to his home. When the crowd saw it, they were filled with awe, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. The Holy Gospel of our Redeemer. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. We'll use John Shemir's affirmation of faith based on Ephesians three fourteen through 17 We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, Love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. 
For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffragist set A, found on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, the ruler of glory, you have exalted your only begotten child, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your sovereign nation in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's use the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission. It's found on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer and is listed as prayer number 62. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let's talk about the readings, friends. We read the first part of Psalm 105 this morning and then the second part this evening. There are four examples total of God remembering God's covenant with God's people. The first two, Abraham in the land of Canaan, and Joseph in the land of Egypt, 
are read in the section that we read this morning. Throughout the psalm, there is a focus on land and of the covenant um, or the part of the covenant that involves God giving the land to God's people. I think it's pretty clear here that land equals home and everything that that entails. A haven, a place of safety and freedom, a place of nourishing, right? To have land was to be able to grow on the land and um, provide sustenance, right? And I think that the parallel continues into our everyday lives, you know, as a person who has moved a lot and who is not by nature good at traditional homemaking, it's been easy to see clearly in my own life that home is where I and Jack are, that it's not, it's not a particular house with particular attributes and it is not stationary. And that's been hugely freeing for me. Um, especially to realize that lately I had overemphasized at some points in my life, the importance of quote unquote, putting down roots and keeping Jack in one place to quote unquote, give him stability. I think there are many gifts to be found in a more, I don't want to say nomadic, but Jack does like that word lifestyle. And one of them is that it really illuminates the fact that, that, um, that God is not in one place. God is not in one church or one temple. God is not in one particular home. God goes with us. And, and so our true home is within our own souls, as I think the Celts would say, as we would say. And so rather than looking all of these external places for home and all of the things that that means, safety and nourishment and peace and companionship, we should look to make our home within ourselves and make our beings a safe place for our true authentic selves to reside. May God bless and help us in doing so. Amen. This vision in our reading from Zechariah in the Hebrew scripture today 
really puts me in mind of the visions in Revelation. The imagery and the symbolism. I love this opening verse. I'm going to actually pause here and circle it in my Bible. I'm so it so speaks to me today. I feel like here is our biblical precedent for awakening. You know, we've been talking lately, my friends, about um, being asleep. And when we get to our New Testament reading, we will talk again about, in, in other words, about what it means to be spiritually aware and integrated. But here the angel does for Joshua. I think it's Joshua who's having the vision. The first step, which is to wake him up. The first thing is to become aware. I could go on from there a lot, but I'm just going to leave it there. The first thing is to become aware. Okay. So then we go into this vision of the menorah with the lit flames and the olive trees making the oil to feed the lamp. And that's That's a beautiful image for me that the fuel source for the illumination is God has provided right there next to it. And then we kind of have this um, twofold oracle, the second building on the first, and then we go back to the image and we're told that the lamps are the eyes of God, which range through all the earth. And according to my commentary, they represent divine benevolence, which I just think is absolutely beautiful. Um, this too is the fifth vision. And there are more to come after. So we're not going to go into the greater context of all of the visions today. Um, but we will, we will focus in on this one. And I'm kind of sorry for that because you know how much I think context inspires and how important it is for the reading of any verse, but we've got, we've got the time that we've got and God will make it enough. So In the first part, God says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And this goes back to everything that we've been talking about, about two, I think, really important things for us to remember in our present times. One is that God has power and authority over all. There is none greater than God. We already know God is victorious. 
the enemy does not win. There might be temporary distractions, but they're, they're only that they are, they are illusions. And then I thought this was really interesting. What are you? Oh, great mountain is verse seven. A And according to my commentary, this unnamed person is addressed as Oh Great Mountain and compared to Zerubbabel, probably the recently purified Joshua. So that's interesting. Before Zerubbabel, you should become a plain and he shall bring out the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. So let's remember that Joshua is the high priest and Zerubbabel is a member of the royal family of David. So Zerubbabel is the ruler and Joshua is the priest. And that'll, that'll become important later on. So it's almost like a dressing down. You think you are so great, but you will become a flat up so high, but you will become a flat plane. And the reason why is very interesting because Zerubbabel should bring out the top stone and the top stone of the newly built temple was taken from the previous temple. And, and you might interpret top stone as foundation stone which doesn't make much sense to me because the foundation is usually the bottom. But then if you think of an arch, the keystone is at the top of the arch. So don't get caught up in the semantics <laughs> um, or semantics isn't the right word, but don't, don't get caught up, caught up in, in the details, but um, understand that the stone from the previous temple is reused and that the reason that Zerubbabel, the ruler is going to be seen as great is because he will rebuild God's temple. So we're kind of circling back to our psalm about home. So Zerubbabel will make the space for God. And then I think you could make the correlation here that Zerubbabel builds it, but Joshua is the high priest, sanctifies it. So they are both together preparing the space. And, and hang, on, hang on to that. Okay, then the second part of the oracle builds on this. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. His hands will complete it. And then you will know that the God of hosts has sent me to you. Then we go back to what we've already talked about with the, um, the, the seven lampstands of, or the seven flames of the menorah in the vision being the eyes of God that see through the, the divine benevolence that reaches over and sees to the whole earth. So God has awareness over all things, right? And here Joshua is being given a piece of that awareness. He's being woken up and given a piece or a, a glimpse would be the better word there. Um, so then he asks about what do the olive trees the branches of the olive trees, which pour out the oil. So think conduits. 
of gods and I would say here like conduits of of maybe of that very awareness of God's sustenance the fuel so to speak for the spiritual fire what are these and um and the angel reveals to him that those represent Joshua or that those are Joshua and Zerubbabel so here we have the governing ruler and the high priest together, so circling back to a couple points that we've made, are conduits for God to flow through. How, how perfect is that imagery in helping us to understand the way that at least according to this context and time here, the, the governing authority and the high priest, or you could say like the highest government official and the highest religious official are to work together to bring God's love to the people. And I really don't think that, that that is a stretch. And can you imagine how beautiful that would be if that's the way we did it here? We have, we have really perverted the authority of the church, church. And I think that's why in a backlash, we so separated church and state. But when they work together in harmony, they are conduits of God for God to flow through to the people. Our New Testament reading this morning from Ephesians and I alluded to this a little bit earlier talks about recovering, I would say, um, or redemption of our created selves. And I think it's very lovely that here we have redemption and growth together. And I think we've taken verses like this and really distorted them or yeah, verses like these, I guess, um, and really distorted them and that we've taken them to mean that our old self is something to be despised. And our new self is, is godly and holy. And the truth, friends, is that we've always been godly and, and holy. But we get distracted from that. We get turned away. We get kind of warped. And so here we have two things together. Both a reclaiming of who we are and always have been. And also a transforming and moving forward. Um, there's an author and healer that I've been reading, Robin Poison, who talks about you can only go as fast as the slowest part of yourself. And I had a lot of trouble understanding that. But I think here I have some insight into that in that in order to grow and go forward, there is some reclaiming of what we have misplaced that is true and integral to ourselves that we must 
recover in order to move forward and bring and integrate, right? Um, that when we hack off pieces of our true selves and leave them behind, we're not really going forward or we're going forward incompletely. Um, and I think that is so important here because my, my dear friends, one of the ways in which our culture has become evil and turned away from God is the way in which it dishonors our beautiful created selves and, and our created selves, they are created by and from and in God. And when we deny our true selves in an attempt to, and fit in is not strong enough, um, assimilate and be successful in the world we live, we, we all lose. We're moving forward as a community incomplete. And, and when we do, when we turn from that and allow God to help us recover that which we lost or killed or was so wounded that it atrophied, um, or so neglected that it atrophied or so, so, so wounded that that it became un, unusable. None of that is irrevocable. With God's help, all can be redeemed and restored. And so this is what I mean when I speak about restoring forward. It's reco uncovering, recovering those quintessential parts of both our individual selves and also our collective selves. Like think about our churches and how much we have lost since like the synod of Whitby, how much we have lost. And in order to recover that which was lost, forgotten, shamed away, there's a lot of unlearning that has to be happened. Because what did we do when we cut those pieces out or when we neglected them until they atrophied and fell off? We then filled the holes with other things. So those patches that we put on that really didn't work, that really aren't part of our cohesive, cohesive whole, we have to take those off and then we have to recover. But we're not doing it to get back to a state in which we were previously. We're doing it so that we can become whole and move with our whole selves forward. Amen and praise God. Our gospel reading from Matthew this morning um, 
is a really beautiful demonstration of this, of this healing authority granted to us by Christ. So Christ working in us can heal and restore. And so, and he comes, I mean, he's pretty clear here. He comes out and he says, so that you may know. That I, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, right? God incarnate have authority on earth. And then understand that we have authority through Christ. So Christ working in us can do this very thing to forgive sins. And what is to forgive sins? But to restore that which we had thought destroyed. There is nothing that is beyond the reach of God. And so Christ comes and shows us here exactly what we were just talking about in the epistle reading. He heals the paralytic and sends him forward. Stand up and walk. Believe, my friends, That Christ can do the same in and through us. We are healed. Stand up and walk forward with our whole selves. Amen. Instead of using the general thanksgiving or the prayer of St. Chrysostom, I am going to use again the canticle from Celtic Daily Prayer, Book 2. Christ as a light, illumine and guide us. Christ as a shield, overshadow us. Christ under us. Christ over us. Christ beside us on our left and our right. This day be within and without us. Lowly and meek yet all-powerful. Be in the heart of each to whom we speak, in the mouth of each who speaks unto us. This day be within and without us, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Christ as a light, Christ as a shield, Christ beside us, on our left and our right. And then I'm going to use the blessing from Celtic Daily Prayer, book two as well. May the peace of Jesus Christ go with you, wherever Christ may send you. May they guide you through the wilderness, protect you from the storm. May they bring you home rejoicing at the wonders they have shown you. May they bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.